0: You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, Just part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your Just team win. every day. Just win. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps
1: along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'm your boy Q, at your boy Q254 on Twitter. And here we go, following another Raiders loss, dropping the team to 3-11 on the season. The Raiders lose to the Bengals 30-16. to And before I dive into the game, before I dive into any Raider talk, I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart for no Friday podcast. Uh, I was traveling. I told you last week about the Stag Bowl that was going on in Shenandoah, a.k.a. basically Houston, uh, and I had to go up and back and up and back. Well, Thursday night, I ended up heading up from Central Texas to Shenandoah, and I wasn't able to get into the lab, and I wasn't able to get into the lab on Friday morning either, so I was not able to knock out another edition of the podcast, and I hate to leave you hanging and not give you a Friday edition, so I want to apologize for that. I will warn you that over the next few weeks, there may be a day or two that I miss because of traveling, because of obligations for work. So it might make it a little bit difficult, a little bit hairy. But I uh, don't want you to think that I'm skipping out on you or forgetting about you. Just wasn't able to make it happen on Friday. And like I said, there may be a few more of those coming up in the next few weeks. But I'll try to give you a heads up about that beforehand. But now that I got that done, let me get into the game. Again, like I mentioned, the Raiders lose to the Bengals 30-16. to And uh, really, I'm just going to run down some keys to the game for me as I was watching it, and I was kind of taking mental notes. First and foremost, the team started off really slow. That damn 10 a.m. West Coast start had the offense sputtering early and really was never able to catch up. And early, early in the game, I felt like the defense was doing enough to give the Raiders an opportunity as far as offensively goes. But the offense was never able to get started early. And again, man, I mentioned it last week that those damn 10 a.m. starts, those early West Coast starts, really always doom the Raiders in. It just seems to... Always happened to the team. There was a time, I believe, in 2016 that they were starting to get over that a little bit. Maybe in 2017 as well. But for the most part, man, whenever the Raiders start and have that 10 a.m. West Coast kickoff time, bad things happen. They just really seems like they're sleepwalking for most of the game. And that's what it looked like to me. If you notice, they really started to to look like they got into a rhythm in the second half of the game. But by that time, you're already down. You know, they were down 17-0 at one point. And uh, so that, that's kind of gets you behind the eight ball and then you're playing catch up the rest of the game. It really gets you off your game plan. As you notice by the rushing yards had like 68 total rushing yards. You can't, that's not going to work. You're going to have to have 100 yards, 120 yards, 125 yards. That's when the Raiders are effective when they're able to get that run game going. And when you're down 17, nothing at one point, you got to kind of abandon the run game a little bit. And so that really hurts the team. And well, ultimately, and it ends in in losses you know the Raiders lose the game 30 to 16. The offensive line is clearly in much worse shape than we thought it was Colton Miller he was getting worked he was really really getting worked and look this is going to be something that's going to go down for the longest time and it's going to be a topic of conversation among Raider Nation should the Raiders have drafted Colton Miller or should they have drafted Derwin James I know I was a guy who wanted Derwin James I remember when it happened at the draft I was furious because I didn't want no Colton Miller. Uh, you know, I thought that they should have gone and got the, the high-flying safety, the, the alpha dog. They could have been alpha dog on that Paul Gunther defense. We all know it didn't happen. The Chargers have Derwin James. He's probably going to be defensive rookie of the year. Or at least if not, if he's not, he'll be in the running for it. And the Raiders have Colton Miller, who on Sunday looked like a sieve. Uh, He was getting worked over. Derek Carr was getting drilled. Derek Carr got sacked five times on the day. Now, every one of them wasn't on Colton Miller, but you could still see how bad he was playing. And I know he's been playing banged up for a lot of the season, and that's fine, but just does not look very good and then it starts making you think like dang they probably should have gone and got derwin james and look there was a point in time when i was making the argument that well it's a good thing that they did go and get colton miller because look donald penn's out look at all the injuries they got Assembly's uh, not that good because he's changing schemes i mean it's a lot of different things that are going on and i'm thinking well colton miller was a good choice after all well after a game like sunday you start thinking boy sure would be nice to have derwin james back there right i mean because colton miller is giving it up anyway so, I mean, anyone could have played that role and just give up, the, give up the sacks on the left tackle spot. This season alone, Derek Carr has been more, has been sacked more times this season than he has in any other season in his career. Think about that. He's been sacked more times this season than any other season he has in his career. So that lets you know right now that the Colton Miller, uh, the Brandon Parker, the Tom Cable zone blocking scheme is not working in Oakland. That must be addressed in the offseason. It absolutely must be addressed in the offseason. So, you know, when KO's out, Gabe Jackson's out, that offensive line really didn't stand a chance. The guards that were in there, the guys that I was really nervous about seeing them out there, they did okay. They didn't do good. They didn't do terrible. They did okay. But really, uh, Colton Miller really stood out the most and then had obviously a big false start penalty down by the goal line and so did Brandon Parker and that just made the Raiders uh, end up settling for a touchdown or settling for a field goal on a a drive that they should have had a touchdown when Jordy Nelson got down to like the two yard line so uh, not a good day for the O-line especially Colton Miller and of course Brandon Parker. Now I did see some good things offensively and defensively really to build off of. First of all offensively Carr looks way more comfortable Way more comfortable in Gruden's system. Uh, he looks like he has control. You can hear him audibling at the line of scrimmage. You can hear him saying, all right, we're good, we're good, we're good. I mean, he, he actually sounds like he is under control. And I know there's a lot of folks that have been saying the whole time, hey, Derek Carr's the guy, Derek Carr's the guy, give him some time, give him some time. I will say, on Sunday, even though he got sacked five times, he looked a lot more comfortable in Gruden's system. Now he's actually gone nine games without throwing an interception, even though he should have had one on Sunday. He threw one early in the game that should have been picked off that was dropped by the safety, but who cares? Sometimes you got to be lucky. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That's just how it goes. But he looks a lot more comfortable, a lot more comfortable. He's directing traffic, telling guys where they need to be in this John Gruden system, and you can see them getting more comfortable with each other. You can see John Gruden calling plays that actually help showcase Derek Carr and what Derek Carr can do. So uh, I'm feeling better about what I'm seeing offensively as far as Derek Carr goes, John Gruden, that relationship goes. I think that they're really trending in the right direction. Also, I saw the team has a lot of raw talent. Talent that still needs to be developed. It's not there yet, not at all. I mean, Darren Waller, for example, he's a tight end that they picked up from Baltimore right after the Baltimore game. He looks like he's got a little something. He's got a little something, something in that tank, man. He has nice run after the catch ability. He has some nice speed. Uh, I mean, he hasn't really done too much of anything at all. But on Sunday, he looked pretty good. You know, he set the Raiders up for their uh, touchdown that they got eventually ended up going to Lee Smith. But uh looked like he should have got into the end zone, almost did get in the end zone. And I might have challenged it if I needed a touchdown at that point. But the Raiders didn't challenge it. It was fine. Uh, Lee Smith ended up getting the touchdown anyway. But Darren Waller, a guy that I didn't think was going to have anything when they picked him up from Baltimore, showed a little something. There is some, there is some quality players there. Seth Roberts, as much as I hate to admit it, I've dogged Seth Roberts for years. Seth Roberts is looking like him and Derek Carr are really on the same page. And again, we know Seth Roberts, you love him and then you hate him. But Seth Roberts has been coming along lately, uh, the last few weeks, looking a lot better, looking a lot better. I mean, he had a tough catch or a tough attempt at a catch on Sunday that he dropped, but... That was such a tough catch. I mean, that would have been one of those ESPN highlight reel catches if he actually made that one. So, I mean, there's there's another good piece right there as far as uh, Seth Roberts go. Jordy Nelson looks like he's getting better. Looks like he's getting healthier. Looks like he's coming along, starting to be that reliable go-to guy that we expected him to be when the Raiders signed him. Of course, Jared Cook continues to, to be the guy. He's not raw talent. He's just talent, and he's continuing to do some good things. So I, I like what I'm seeing from him uh Jalen Rashard I've been praising him all season but he's got to control the ball he can't keep putting the ball on the ground luckily the Raiders turned the ball over what three times two or three times they only gave up three points off those turnovers I believe they turned it over three times so that's okay it's not okay but it is I know Derek Carr fumbled once Jalen Rashard fumbled once is there another turnover that I'm forgetting there probably is but either way they only gave up three points off a turnover so that's that's a good thing so that's some some more of the positive that I saw and defensively the team looked a lot better in the second half. I remember I mentioned the, the, that hangover, that 10 a.m. kickoff. They looked good in the first half. like they, in, in the first couple of possessions by the Bengals, the, the defense looked good. And then all of a sudden they started giving it up and Joe Mixon started having his way. But in the second half, that Raiders defense actually looked really good. And then when Garyon Conley went out with a concussion on a play that was BS, he actually made a great play and they called P.I. on him. That was absolutely a horrible call. That was an absolute horrible call. He ran the route and made a better play, better attempt at the ball than the wide receiver did, but yet they called P.I. on him. That was awful. He got a concussion on that play, left the game, didn't come back, obviously. Uh, I thought, okay, well, now the secondary is going to get torched. They didn't get torched. I mean, they didn't play locked down, but they didn't get torched. They actually did some good things. Daryl Worley did some good things. Rashad Melvin did some good things. There were some guys out there that were playing. Yes, they ultimately still gave up some plays, gave up some third and longs when they needed to get off the field and they weren't able to. Driscoll was able to get outside the pocket and run a little something. But the defense is looking pretty good. If they actually had some players, think about this. If there were some real deal players and they can consistently get some pressure on the quarterback, this defense could actually be really good. So I'm not calling for Paul Gunther's head anymore. Let's put it like that. Paul Gunther has escaped. He, he's at least allowed 2019 with some real players. Again, going back to Derwin James. Think about what Derwin James and this Paul Gunther defense would be. Think about if the Raiders had never had Reggie Nelson this year and they had a guy like Derwin James back there. I don't know what the hell they would have done with the O-line and and who would have been filling in that role for Colton Miller, but, I mean, I could be a sieve, you know what I'm saying? And and as of late, Colton Miller, at least on Sunday, was a sieve. So, uh, again, I'm just ifs and buts and all that stuff, I know. know, I know the saying, you know, if ifs and buts were something nuts, then my aunt would be my uncle. I forget. Anyway, whatever, we'll skip that part. But, yeah, if he has some real-deal players on that defense – Some real deal players. I I think this defense could continue to grow. So uh, that's something that they'll have to address in the offseason. And special teams. One more key for the game for me before we get into segment number two. Special teams. Daniel Carlson is solid as far as field goals go and extra points. All right. He's looked really, really solid since being picked up after the Vikings cut him. I will say his only flaw. He did kick another 50-yard field goal and made it look pretty easy. But his only flaw is his leg strength to get the ball to the end zone as far as I'm concerned. The Raiders needed a deep kick. Uh, late in the game, and he basically let it hang around the two-yard line. It was returned 70-plus yards and basically ended the Raiders' hope of a comeback. I would like to see him put the ball in the end zone more than he does. But besides that, Daniel Carlson's pretty solid. Uh, He's a pretty solid field goal kicker. I feel pretty good when the Raiders tried him out there. I think he's going to get it done. So I like that pickup. I think that's a pickup that John Gruden likes and that he's going to be around for a while as long as he continues to do what he's doing and finishes off the season strong. I don't know what they're going to do with the special teams unit, Rich Bisaccia, he needs to do a lot better because besides Daniel Carlson, that special teams unit has looked bad and it's looked bad all season long. I'm not saying Dwayne Harris has looked bad. He's doing the best he can. He's old. He's old, but he's doing the best he can. But besides that, like the coverage unit, not very good. And that used to be a strength of the Raiders. Not very good at all. Just been really, really bad. So he's got to figure out a way. Rich Bisaccia, someone needs to start putting a little bit of uh, heat and a little bit of fire under his tail and say, hey, man. You're one of the better special team coaches in the league. Uh, you got to get, you got to step your game up as well. You know, if we could talk bad about Tom Cable, we definitely need to turn our attention to Rich Bisacci and say, hey, man, what's going on? What is the deal? You need to get this a little bit better. So uh, that's my thoughts right there on uh, on the game. Just some keys that stood out to me while I was watching the game and ultimately was disappointed because the Raiders lost a game that I thought was very, very winnable. But still, I wasn't upset by the, the loss. Like, I didn't think the team quit. I didn't think that they just looked like like trash out there and they didn't do anything. They went out there fighting. They went down fighting and, you know, they gave themselves a chance. They ultimately got down early and tried to fight back, but at least you saw a little something, something. So ultimately I came out of the game feeling positive, even though it was an L. And across the Bay, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Seattle Seahawks. And so that actually drops them out of that second position for the draft. And now the Raiders are in spot number two. Currently, spot number two. Not that it matters. I said it before. There's not a lot of difference between spot number one two, three, even five. But if we're keeping track, right now the Cardinals are sitting at the number one overall pick and the Raiders are sitting at number two, if we're keeping track. Just going to say that right now. Coming up in segment number two, I'm going to start things off talking about the game. I got a couple calls that I, I, I want to uh, get in about the game, just like three of them off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. But then I want to switch my attention to the big topic that everyone else is talking about when it comes to the Raiders. And that's where they play in 2019. Amy Trask had something to say about it on Sunday morning on CBS Sports. I want to play what she had to say, a response I got off of Twitter, and my thoughts on that. That's all coming up in segment number two. It's going to be locked and loaded. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah. Look forward to it. It's the Locked On Raider Podcast. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you about my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have always been asking me for advice. Usually it's the team to bet on for the week, and I really don't know. That's just the truth. I don't know who's gonna win. If you think you know though, you gotta check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my book me. Trust me, they are the best bet this season they've been in the business for years have great reviews online and their mobile site is very very easy to use you lay down some cash and you'll win big today i'm telling you i'm urging you to make your way to my bookie you win they pay they have in-game live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business and for your fantasy guys out there and i know there's a ton of you you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each and every game so join now my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar use the promo code lockedon 25 to activate the offer again that's lockedon 25 all one word all capitals visit my bookie online today that's my bookie and don't forget to use the promo code lockedon 25 when creating your account to claim the bonus you play you win you get paid
0: you are locked on raiders your
1: daily podcast on the oakland raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Alright, here we go, Raider Nation, segment number two of the Locked On Raider Podcast on this Monday. Your boy Q, at your boy Q254. You can always hit me up on Twitter. Many of you do. I definitely appreciate that. And of course, you can always hit that Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. And right now, to kick things off on this segment number two, we're going to have about three calls that just have to do with the the game in general. Alright, so just talking about the game right now, we're going to start things off. My man Flavius from Indiana, you know, he's always short but sweet. He was talking about the the sacks that Derek Carr had to deal with on Sunday.
2: Hey Q, it's your boy Flavius from Indiana. Hey, I was just calling. It is uh, Sunday evening. Um, I'm, I know I'm probably going to hear a lot from this. Uh, Carter car was sliding and just going down without being touched. But when you're when you're feeling the pressure of a 360-pound dude coming at you, I would get tired of getting hit after seven sacks. So I would just call too, so... Uh, more power to car. I mean, he, he hung in there as long as he could. Tried to get out of harm's way, so... Okay, wow.
1: Good stuff right there from my man Flavius in Indiana. Now my man WAP. Talking about the inconsistencies of the Raiders. The blocking, the overall play, everything. Going from a Steeler win to a loss to the Bengals. Here's WAP. Hey, it's WAP.
2: Consistently inconsistent is what this team is. It's just frustrating. How do we do so well against... A good team like the Steelers, and then we just get demolished by a subpar team like the Bengals. I just don't get it. It's just frustrating. We have nothing but wet paper towels or wet toilet paper from guards and left tackle and right tackle. This is completely useless. Just it pisses me off. This team can't block for a damn. Every other game is... They do well, and then they drop back to being boneheads. It's, ugh, I'm sick of it. It's disgusting. It makes me want to throw up every time I watch them. Ugh, bop out. I know I'm being incredibly overly emotional, but good Lord, man, this team has pissed me off this whole entire season. I just, I'm sure so it's pissed a lot of people off. But the inconsistency the fucking bloody game. That, you know That's
1: so Good stuff right there from my man Wap. And uh, rounding up the calls just about the game today is my man Jay from Colorado. He was talking about the game, talked about Colton Miller getting worked by Dunlap and the rest of the Bengals defensive front.
2: Hugh, it's Jay from Colorado. Just calling in after the loss. Uh, kind of sucked to see us kind of digress a little bit and uh, take that L there. We got our asses kicked. <laughs> uh, Colton Miller played like ass today was getting burned by Dunlap oh man just he just could not keep up with him he was just running around him like not even touching him sometimes kind of uh kind of to see I know he's dealing with some injuries and whatnot so I guess I don't know where where he's at with that but you you know you never know you should you should still not be letting Derek Carr take a straight shot like he did on that fumble so I don't know, that's all I kind of gotta say so hopefully next week get the win there.
1: Uh, go Raiders all right good stuff right there we'll definitely have more calls throughout the week about the game and just different thoughts from Raider Nation it's all good you know the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line is always wide open likes the tv antennas some old school tv antennas 707-654-4693 but I had to get into this subject that is near and dear to my heart and something that obviously is near and dear to all the hearts of all of Raider Nation and that goes back to the city of Oakland suing the Raiders and the other 31 teams in the league and uh, basically the Raiders saying that hey that's it we're not playing in in Oakland in 2019 the last game is actually going to be Christmas Eve Monday versus Denver in Oakland if that ends up being the case well uh, of course there's been a conversation everyone's been asked about it I was asked about it multiple times throughout the week throughout the weekend everyone wants to know my thoughts on it well Amy Trask you know, the Princess of Darkness, as Raider Nation loved to call her. She's got the great history with the Raiders. Some people love her. Some people hate her. I'm on the uh, on the side of I love what she has to say, and I love the, the way she articulates things. So uh, she's really good. So she was on CBS Sports, and this is courtesy of CBS Sports. She was on uh, CBS Sports on Sunday morning, and she was asked about it. And this is what she said that the Raiders should do on that Christmas Eve if this is the last game that the Raiders ever play in Oakland.
0: They should get every if not every most local Oakland musical artist. Hammer, Too Short, Adam Duritz from Counting Crows, the local, and I'd start with Hammer, and then I'd go too short.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, get all those artists there, have a free concert for fans in the parking lot. I would spend a lot of money on this. I would make concessions free for the whole game. Pre-game, while that concert's going on in the parking lot, I would have the fans be able to mix and mingle with Raider legends awesome. from days gone by and get hugs and autographs. And after the game, I would allow the fans to come down on the field and mix and mingle with current players and current coaches This needs to be a thank you and a salute and an appreciation to the magnificent, magnificent Raider Nation. I understand that a tremendous number of fans are going to follow the team and root for them when they're in Las Vegas. There are other fans whose hearts are breaking. The fans have supported this team through thick and thin, and this should be a festival for the fans. Get Hammer on the phone, get Too Short on the phone, get Adam Duritz on the phone, have a concert. All the fans should get free food and mix and mingle with everyone. You're giving me the chills. That's, that's... I'm not done yet, but you know, those are just a few, a few ideas. And by the way, it's going to cost a lot of money to do that. Spend it. Spend it on those fans.
1: Now I love that. When I heard that, I actually had to listen back to it about two or three times, and I thought, man, that's an awesome idea. That is an awesome idea. Boy, Amy just hit it on the head. So what I did is I sent out, I quote tweeted it. You know how you do that, you little retweet with with comment. I quoted it and said the greatness of Amy Trask. Well, of course, you know Twitter is Twitter, and you know how that always shakes out. So I got a retweet. I got a a, a response, a four tweet response. From, a, from a, a, a guy who listens to the podcast, the Lockdown Raider podcast, tweets at me often. And look, everyone doesn't always have to agree with me. I tell you that all the time, that just because you don't say the same thing I do or share the same feelings as me, doesn't mean you're wrong. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong either. But feel free to always reach out and say something that you may disagree with. It don't always have to be like, oh Q, you're doing a good job, or oh Q, you were spot on when you said, it. you could disagree with me, and that's fine. There's been multiple people on here that have disagreed with me and thought that I was out of my mind and everything has been great. So when I read this tweet that I got from Count On Me 650 don't take it as he's an a-hole or I'm an a-hole or I'm trying to like dime him out and say that he's, you know, some bad dude. I'm just sharing you with the feedback that he gave after listening to what Amy Trask had to say. He said, why do I feel when Amy Trask is talking, she's talking down to us. She was great when she was here when Elvis was alive. Mark Davis canned her. The Raiders are done in Oakland. The way they've been treated since the 1970s, I don't blame them. Newsflash, the former Raider players and the current Raider players want to have nothing to do with the Raider Nation in Oakland. People in California think they're entitled to everything. Now they want a bleeping rap concert and a rock and roll concert and party people in California? No, no one with the people in California, no one would survive two days if the ATM machines went down. Just dig it. Basic, I think California people think that's what he meant by that. And then his final one was Amy Trask should just keep her mouth shut. It's Christmas Eve. None of those stars even want to come out to Oakland either. Half the fans in the crowd are going to be reticketed from StubHub. So basically, he's saying that Amy's idea was wrong. <laughs> All right, let's uh, just sum it up. You know, he said that she was great when she was, uh, you know, there with the Raiders before, but Mark Davis, candor, and so. It, it is what it is. You know, she shouldn't be speaking on that. Uh, the Raiders have been done dirty uh, since they were in Oakland, since the 70s. Uh, you know, and that former players don't really want nothing to do with Raider Nation in Oakland. So anyway, that, that's summarizing his, his tweet and his comments. I will say, personally, I thought Amy Trask's idea was awesome. I really did. I didn't think it was something that was going to happen. That Mark Davis was really going to say, hey, the concession stands on, uh, on uh, Christmas Eve. Everything is going to be free. Hey, we're going to have this rap concert. But wouldn't it be nice? Just think about it like this, Raider Nation. And look, I could be foolish. Fine. But think about this. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if an organization just said, you know what? I know that the fans, the fans who spend their hard-earned money, who have been following this team, even though they know that this team is destined for somewhere else, can get a little love back. Wouldn't it be nice if for once we did something for them, besides them always doing something for us? Wouldn't it be nice if Mark Davis said, you know what, let's get these tailgates open a little bit early. Let's get a Hammer in here, Stanley Burrell. Let's get too short. Let's get him in. Let's get Mr. FAB in here. Let's get, you know, let's, let's get some love in here. Let's get some of these celebrities that are big-time Raider fans. Let's get them in here. Let's give back to the community one more time just to say thank you. Yeah, I know Oakland's not the greatest city. I know the Coliseum's not the greatest. I know things could have been a lot better. But guess what? They could have been a lot worse, too. They really could have been a lot worse. Right now, in D.C., the Redskins can't even get their fans to go to their games. No BS. If you think I'm lying, Google it. Google it. They're doing things right now to try to figure out how to get people to their their, their games, their fans to their games. And this is before they were all done with injuries and they all stunk and you knew the season was going to be done. This is while they were winning. Matter of fact, Josh Norman said he'd rather play all the games on the road. Because they can't get no fans. They don't have no home field advantage. So that's what I'm saying. Don't take what Raider Nation does in the city of Oakland for granted. Raider Nation that comes out to the city of Oakland, to the Oakland Coliseum, and supports the team even though they know at some point they're bouncing and they're going to leave them behind again. Don't take that for granted because that's not like that everywhere. And I've gone on these rants and talked uh, multiple times about how great Raider Nation is. So, you know, don't don't get it twisted. We're all one big family, and I know Raider Nation is worldwide. It's not just the city of Oakland. But wouldn't it be nice where the stadium sits that one time a team, an owner, they just gave back and said, you know what? We love you. Wouldn't it be a slap in the face of Mayor Libby Schaff, Not that I'm trying to start a political war, but if you want to come out and try to be a little bit better and look a little bit better, why don't you just do something like that? Just give a free-for-all. You know how a lot of these players like Marshawn Lynch always does a free football camp? How about a free football game? Yeah, I know you're going to lose lots of money. Like Amy Trash said, it's going to cost you a lot of money. But uh, for one day, it's not about you. What if the Raiders just came out and said, you know what, Raider Nation? Merry Christmas. It's a free-for-all. Not a free-for-all because that would get crazy. But, hey, concessions are, are, are free during, you know, the second and third quarters. What, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying everything has to be free. I'm not saying that you have to do everything Amy said. But wouldn't it be nice if the team just gave back for once? Just really, just gave back to the thing where it's like, damn it, we owe you a lot, Oakland. We owe you a lot, Bay Area. We love you. We are sorry that we're leaving, but we had to because the stadium sucked. Wouldn't it be nice to get that? Every once in a while when you got you deal with adversity in your life, and a lot of times, I know in, li- in my life, there's a lot of times where I can hit someone with a zinger, I can really get on them, get on their helmet tough. And sometimes I say, you know what? I'm going to kill this dude with kindness. And look, I know that sounds soft, but sometimes you have to play the game a little bit differently. So sometimes if you just kind of flip things up and be like, all right, yeah, we're leaving. Yeah, okay. But we're going to look better on the way out the door. Be kind of nice, wouldn't it? Just saying. And again, I get it. Like I said, I'm not getting on on my man tough that that sent me a tweet, count on me 650. I'm not getting on him tough at all. I love that he has opinion. I love that he's very opinionated. He sent me up multiple times, sent me direct messages. I mean, it's all good. He's called the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail. All that is all good. I'm just sharing you his thoughts, and I'm giving you my feedback as well. That's it. So I just wanted to play that from, from Amy. I wanted to respond to it, and I wanted to share this tweet because just because you tweeted me doesn't mean I'm not going to share it on the, on the podcast. I actually need to do more of that. So anyone who shared a lot of their thoughts with me on, on uh, Twitter, I will start incorporating a lot more of that on the podcast as well. So I appreciate that. Coming up in segment number three, I'm, I'm not done with this subject yet. And neither are you, Raider Nation. Got a bunch of calls on this subject that I got to get to off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So that's coming up in segment number three, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast.
3: You are Locked On Raiders,
1: your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of the Locked On Raider podcast. I'm your boy Q. You know how you can get me on Twitter, right? Okay, at your boy Q254 and of course 707-654-4693. That is the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And now the conversation is going to continue about the Raiders and where they play in 2019. So the calls you hear in this segment are going to be strictly about that. Going to be Raider Nation's thoughts just about the Raiders in their 2019, where they should play, how this all came about, all of Raider Nation's thoughts on it. It is all good, but that's what the focus will be in segment number three. So we're going to start things off. My man, J.C. Raider in Ogden, Utah, talking about the team not playing in Oakland in 2019. He actually has an idea that he had for where the Raiders could play. His thoughts on Utah?
4: Hey, Q, this is J.C. Raider calling out of Ogden, Utah. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit behind. so I'm, I'm listening to uh, actually... Wednesday's edition right now, on the way to work, but um, they're talking about the city of Oakland and and uh, seeing the Raiders and the Raiders have to play some place uh, besides Oakland next year. And this is something that was brought up here in Utah recently by a sports broadcaster here that Utah would be a great place for the Raiders to play in. Of course, he being a diehard Raiders fan would love it. In fact, they mailed off a uh, email to. Mr. Davis to see what he thought about that. I'll see if I actually get a response from that. But um, I'll I'll run through it quick, and I like to make long calls for you. You you get a lot of calls. You want to get them in. But uh, here's the feeling on that and why it would be a great place for the Raiders to play. We have Rice-Eccles Stadium, which is U Stadium, which is where they held the 2002 Olympics. It seats 40,000 people. Utah is is dying for a, a professional football team. And I think... The the big deal about coming to Utah is that if you go to these other places they've mentioned, they already have a a Raiders um, fan base or a big Raiders fan base. And so you're not really getting new fans. If you came to Utah, if the Raiders came to Utah, then you're going to pick up a lot more fans. And when they go in a year, you're going to have an actually decent TV market. You're going to have a whole bunch more fans for the Raiders. And I think that we would still pack it. I mean, we're big into sports here. And I think it'd be great. And of course I would have season tickets if that happened. So, uh, anyway, that's what I want to talk about and was really excited to see how good the Raiders have been doing the last couple of games and we'll see how they do against the Bengals. Bengals and hopefully we have a, uh, two win streak. I don't care about the draft. I just want to see the Raiders win and carry next year and love Carr, got Carr's jersey and wanted to be the Raiders guy and I'll just leave it at that. So anyway, Love what you do with the podcast. It's
1: great. And you have a good day. Peace out. All right, so there you go, Raider Nation. You heard JC Raider from Utah talking about Utah. And he wants to know your thoughts, Raider Nation, 707-654-4693. For everything that you heard, for every reason that he gave right there, he wants to hear your thoughts, 707-654-4693. And I'll tell you right now, I think anyone who might live out of state says, hey, you know what, the Raiders could play here, could play there. A lot of folks have said, Q, maybe the Raiders will go play in San Antonio in 2019 and uh, you could be closer to them and go down and drive down and see them every week. Look, I don't want to see the Raiders play in San Antonio. Tell you the truth, I want to see the Raiders play in Oakland in 2019. That's a whole nother subject. I would love to see them play in Oakland in 2019. I think Mark Davis should just bite the bullet and go ahead and find a way to settle with the city of Oakland and play one more season in, in Oakland. That's my ultimate solution. That's what I would like to see them do. I'm not willing to say that I think that's what they're going to do, but that's what I'd like to see them do. Let's hear from our man T. Smith in the ATL. His thoughts on where the Raiders should play in 2019. He says there's seven home games. The Raiders need to find a spot to play, possibly be a road team throughout the season. Yeah. So here's his thoughts.
5: Hey, what's up, Q? This is your boy, T. Smith in Atlanta, first-time caller. And uh, so I understand now that the Raiders won't be playing in uh, Oakland in 2019. So with that, I have an idea, and I just wanted to run it across all of Raider Nation to see what everyone would think of it, because the Raiders are worldwide, and and especially in the United States. We're just everywhere. Um, So we have seven home games of, you know, eight home games. One of them is international, so we have seven home games domestic. And my thought is, with Raider Nation being everywhere and us not even having a home next year, would be to pull like a, I don't know if you've ever seen the, what was it, Bingo Longs, Traveling All-Stars, where they pretty much just play every game on the road. Now, I'm not saying we play at, at our opponent's stadiums, but for the seven home games, I would say, man, with Raider Nation being everywhere, and especially me in Atlanta, I don't get a whole lot of opportunities to see the Raiders play. About every other year, I can make it to a game. Um, just cause we, like this year, for instance, Baltimore was the closest, uh, away game that, uh, that we had, and that was Thanksgiving weekend, so I couldn't go. But, uh, I think it'd be cool, like if you play a game in Hawaii, put one in Portland, a game in Oklahoma City, and, and all these markets that don't have NFL teams, and let the NFL fans there just capture the Raiders, and you might may even, you know, expand the, uh, the fan base a little bit. So, you know, put, put a game in the Midwest, one in the Northeast, nah. Southeast, somewhere like Birmingham, Alabama, is a huge football state. Um, they don't get a lot of love, but it's, it's, you know, you put a Raiders game in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'll tell you that stadium is going to be packed. So that's my idea. I just want to see uh, what you think about it, what Raider Nation might think about it. Anyways, Raider Nation, Q, peace.
1: T. Smith, first-time caller, wants to know Raider Nation's thoughts and mine. As well as, basically, the Raiders being a traveling team. Would you like to see them go to cities that don't have teams currently? Like, maybe show up in Seattle, show up in somewhere else, and show, you know, all this other place. Just kind of, basically, I feel like that's almost like a traveling circus or a carney. I don't want my favorite team to be a carny. And, look, I'm not trying to, you know, dog you, T. Smith, at all. I'm not trying to talk trash. I'm just saying, like... Didn't that feel like like you're part of Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus or something like that? This week only, the Raiders will be in Albuquerque for one night only. You know what I'm saying? Like that that dude, you can hear that on the radio station. Like some DJ would be like, "Oh my goodness, get tickets to see the Raiders play, I don't know, the Patriots in Albuquerque, New Mexico." You know, some so I don't know why I did my voice like that. <laughs> I was kind of disrespectful to whatever guy I was trying to make fun of right there. But I just don't want the team to be like a carny. I don't want them to be a traveling circus and all that stuff. So, uh, T. Smith, I'm out on that idea, but maybe Raider Nation thinks that's a good idea. 707- 654-4693. And I want to wrap this up right now, at least in this segment today, in this uh, this this podcast episode, with a man who's very, very passionate. My man, Vader Raider in the 303. He's responded to the lawsuit against the Raiders and the other 31 NFL teams. He's never at a loss for words. You know that. He has a lot to say to maybe. Libby Schaaf, the current mayor of Oakland. Here's Vader Raider's thoughts.
3: What's up, cute Vader Raider out here in the 303. Um, this news on the lawsuit that you know came the other day, it made me think back to when Mark Davis had proposed to the Oakland A's a joint effort to have a separate, two separate stadiums one football and one baseball and to basically demolish oracle and since the nine, you know the Warriors are moving anyway demolish oracle and the coliseum to keep the tailgating and keep the parking lot and i remember that the a's vehemently turned that down i also remember that there have been there were several attempts back in the day in fact over 20 years that al davis has made offers and tried to get the city of Oakland to fund the stadium. Now, what Mayor Libby Schaff is apparently not understanding is, in today's NFL, that's how it's done. I don't understand Mayor Mayor Schaaf. I don't I don't get Schiff, whatever your name is. I don't understand what you don't get about this situation. Okay, it is not only not only does it visit it back on you revenue wise tenfold, but it's great for the city of Oakland. Then you come with this fly by night, last ditch effort from Ronnie Lott to basically do the same thing, having a football stadium, Jack London Square, all the, you know, amenities, the businesses, the residential. But it's too late because Mark Davis and his father for 20 something years have already tried to give you an opportunity to build this stadium. And you, you didn't do it. And now you get on and you start suing. Because there was an illegal cartel. All of a sudden, the NFL is an illegal cartel that colluded to, you know, get money out of you. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Bear. Really? And to, to get on there, representing the city of Oakland, okay, and basically getting the whole entire Bay Area against Mark Davis and the Raiders, which, since the deal for Vegas, it has become is this, oh, well, we're the, we're the Warriors, we're the Niners, we're the Giants and the Sharks and the A's. Raiders can see their way out of it. All of a sudden now the Raiders are just not welcome. Well, let me tell you something, okay? The Raiders as an organization have given plenty to the city of Oakland, okay? Money, time, what have you. You know, not to mention the things that Marshawn Lynch does for the community. And he is an Oakland Raider and he represents the Raiders and himself. I'll tell you something, Mayor. What's disappointing is someone ought to go in there and sue you. Someone ought to go in there and get you taken out of office. Someone ought to go in there and see to it that you don't have a job. Because, obviously, you've got all these people, the entire city council, the entire, you know, government of Oakland, just against the Raiders, that what does it matter now? I mean... There's just no way that we can even possibly play there now. How is it, you know, you basically said, well, we don't want the Raiders. Now we're just, you know, I'm going to sue them. So find a place, find a place to play. You know what? It's extremely disappointing. And it's another example how the city of Oakland, pardon the pun, fumbled their way through this entire ordeal. Raider Nation, hold your heads high because no matter where we play, We'll play on Mars. We'll play on Saturn. Hell, we'll play on Neptune. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where we play. We're always going to show up and show out. So, Q, great podcast as always. Really sad to see that the city of Oakland has done this to the Raiders and done this to Mark Davis and the entire organization. I'm basically going to say this. The city of Oakland is losing out. It's not the Raiders that are losing out. It's the city of Oakland. Vader
1: Raider, out. All right, so there it is right there. Strong, powerful stuff from my man Vader Raider in the 303. Lots of good stuff. Clearly, where the Raiders play in 2019 is a very passionate, very sensitive subject with Raider fan base. So I definitely want to hear your thoughts on it throughout the week. We're going to have a lot of fun this week. Uh, Hopefully we'll get in every episode. I think we will get in every episode this week, no doubt about it. You know, coming up on Wednesday, we'll have that uh, crossover edition. I've already reached out to the guy, and I've already been in communication with Cody Rourke from uh, Locked On Denver, or Locked On Broncos, and I had him on earlier in in the year. Really cool dude. Really cool dude. So we are already in communication, so we won't have the problem that we had last week with the Bengals guys. Never did hear from them cats, and, and that's okay, too. <laughs> Whatever. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll have that crossover edition on Wednesday for sure, uh, but we'll also have multiple conversations about the Raiders, the game, uh, the state of the team, where they play in 2019. There's so many subjects to talk about, Raider Nation, and we got all week to do it. So uh, ha- have a great day. Have a great Monday. And uh, as always, just win, baby.